Before we pray, we just want to thank and acknowledge every man and woman who served our country and paid the ultimate price in giving their lives. It's one thing to join the service and, and maybe be stationed here at home or in a safe place in countries that favor us, but it's another thing to be out in a war situation where people are dying around you and there have been soldiers and, and sailors and different people that have sacrificed their lives when a grenade has come. They have fallen on it so that their comrades would be safe. There are people today that came home from the war maimed and, and it's just because of what their sacrifice was for our country. They give high honors to those who have shown bravery in such combat situations like that. In all the foreign wars and all the ones we fought here on home soil as well. So we're thankful for them. We're also thinking, and when you think of memorial, is to remember, we remember over one million people died of COVID. One million people, and that's here just in the United States. And then we think this week and remember those lives that were lost down in Uvalde, Texas. And people are so saddened by it, and they all had families, and it's just grieving to our hearts. But we're so thankful on this pre-Memorial Day and going into Memorial Day tomorrow, we're thankful for those who gave their lives for us. Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the men and women of our country who died for us to, prove, to protect our freedom, to preserve our freedom, and we're so thankful for it, Lord. We thank you for each and every one of them. We don't know them by name. Many of them are buried in Arlington National Cemetery back in Washington, D.C., and in other veteran cemeteries across this land. But we're thankful for them, Lord. And may we never forget their sacrifice and their love and their devotion to our nation. We just pray now that you will speak to our hearts through your word today. And may it be meaningful, may it be impactful, may it encourage us and challenge us. And Lord, we just pray that you will hide me behind the cross, and we pray that you will be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, Memorial Day is a very special day for our country. It's one of the saddest days, though. One of the saddest days, because it's not about us, it's it's about what others have done for us. And in giving their lives, they put on the uniform. They knew going in that there was a possibility that they would die in the conflict. And they did it. And they willingly did it. And they did it for us. And we should be most thankful to them for their service. You know, when someone dies for the country, they often call it they paid the ultimate price. Because what more can you give than your life? You know, it's one thing to give your money. It's one thing to give your time. It's another thing to give your effort. But it's a whole different thing when you give your life, the one life that you have, your blood, your all. And that's what so many have done for us over the course of history of our nation. 
and we're thankful for them. The word memorial is defined as something designed to preserve the memory of a person, event, etc., as a monument or holiday. And I mentioned it last week, we're going to have a memorial service for Jim Hyde on the 11th of June. You don't want to miss it. You want to be here to support that dear family and the dear brother who's with the Lord. But the title of our message today is this, The Meaning of Memorial Day for Us. Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verse 13, these immortal words, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus called us his friends. He called his disciples his friends. Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And it says in scripture that a brother is born for adversity. And the Lord Jesus Christ willingly laid down his life for his friends. There was no greater sacrifice. He didn't just lay down his life for a nation or a group of people or even a religion. He laid down his life for every human being that has ever been born or will be born and walk the face of this earth. You know, we as mortals have very short memories. I don't know about you, but as I get older, my memory is not as good as it used to be. It's not as good. But we should never forget the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. When our brother shared that at the breaking of bread this morning, our dear brother Rudy, about the man who says, well, I can't think of a thing. He's not been redeemed. I'm sorry, he's not ready to be baptized because he's not been saved. Because if you've been saved, you have a whole list of things to thank God for most of which is your salvation from sin, eternal life, having the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we should all have so many things to be thankful for. The three things that we're going to look at today about those who give their lives for our country and, of course, our Savior being the greatest example. Number one is their sacrifice. Number two is their heroism. And number three is their example. You know, to sacrifice something means to give up something good to gain something better. And that's what our, these dear men and women have done for our country. They gave up something good. They left behind their wives or husbands. They left behind their homes. They left behind their jobs. They left everything behind to join the service of our country. Never was it more important than in World War II when everybody in the whole country joined together to support the war effort. There were those who went and fought. There were those who stayed home and prayed. There were those who were at home and they were working in, in factories and in shipyards to rebuild the the fleet that had been destroyed by the Japanese on December 7, 1941. Yes, the sacrifice that is involved. 
When someone gives their life to save others, it's the best sacrifice you can possibly give. I know my father was a firefighter, and he fought many fires in El Cerrito, and he was a captain and a battalion chief, and he served there for many years. And when my dad died, they had a funeral, we had a funeral service for him there in El Cerrito, and the fire truck came, and all the firefighters came, and, and many of them had worked with my dad. And there were others that were younger but heard stories of my dad. And it was so encouraging because these firefighters, along with our police officers and our doctors and nurses and our first responders, and these are the true heroes of America. It's not the athletes that can dunk the ball or throw a football or, or do these things. I mean, even the athletes acknowledge that the soldiers who fight for us are the real heroes. You know, when they had a, the, a war going on in Afghanistan, I believe is where it was, Pat Tillman was a football player for the Arizona Cardinals. And he was good, he was successful, he was, but he gave it up to go over and fight for our country. And many others joined him like that. And they were the true heroes, and they are the true heroes. And Jesus was the one who set the example of sacrifice. He sacrificed his life for us. It says in John chapter 15 and verse 13, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus died for us. And then it says in John chapter 12 and verse 24, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Did you ever think of that? You are the result of Jesus' sacrifice. He sacrificed his life for you and for me on the cross. He died, he shed his blood so that we can be saved. We have much to be thankful for not only for our nation, and not only for all the people that died for our country, but we are thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us to save us and give us eternal life. I read a beautiful story about the reign of King Frederick III of Prussia when he found himself in trouble. The wars had been costly, and in trying to build the nation, he was seriously short of finances. He couldn't disappoint his people, and he would not capitulate to the enemy. That was unthinkable. And after careful reflection, he decided to ask the women of Prussia to bring their jewelry of gold and silver to be melted down for their country. How would you like that if you got a call and they said, would you bring all your jewelry, Jan? Bring all your jewelry, uh, Jean. Daphne, all, bring all your jewelry, gold and silver, and bring it down to be melted for the country. But they did it. They did it. And for each of, the, of, that, of those gifts that were brought, the gold and silver, they would give them in exchange for it a bronze or iron as a symbol of the country's gratitude. And each decoration would be inscribed that it would say this, I gave gold for iron in 1813. 
The response was so overwhelming. And even more important, these women prized their gifts from the king more highly than their former jewelry. The reason, of course, is clear. The decorations were proof that they had sacrificed for their king. Indeed, it had become unfashionable to wear jewelry, and they had established what was called the Order of the Iron Cross. And those folks would wear that cross proudly for their country, the Order of the Iron Cross. Yes, when we as Christians sacrifice for our king, it is no sacrifice at all compared to his sacrifice of giving himself for us on the cross. So that's our first point today, is that sacrifice. There's sacrifice, and we should be willing to sacrifice for the Lord and for others in our lives as well. Secondly is their heroism. The word heroism means great bravery. And when David called his men in the Old Testament, they called them the mighty men. They had 400, then it went up to 600. Uh, they weren't a very great collaboration of people there. But one thing they had, they weren't considered successful in the eyes of the world, but they had a dedication to David. They stuck to David through thick and thin, through all the times that he was pursued by Saul, and all the time he was pursued by Absalom, who took his, David's throne from him, his own son, and David singled out these men in 2 Samuel chapter 23, and he points out their bravery, their heroism, under tremendous stress and pressure. And it says that there were three men who did something extraordinary. One day David was in the cave, and he was with his mighty men. All around the enemy at that point, was there, the Philistines. And he said, Oh, that I might have a drink of water from the well at Bethlehem. And it was like he was wishing for it. He was hoping for it. He knew he couldn't do, have it, but he was just longing for a, a cold drink from that wonderful well there at Bethlehem where David was born and where he grew up and lived quite a while. Well, guess what? Those three men broke through enemy lines. They went through enemy lines, risking their own safety, risking their own lives to get David a drink of water from that well at Bethlehem. And they brought it back, and you can imagine David was probably astounded by it, and he was so thankful for it, but he couldn't drink that water. And it says in 2 Samuel chapter 2, uh, 23 and verse 17. Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is this not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. He poured it out as a sacrifice to the Lord and to those wonderful three men. And he considered those three mighty men as the greatest of his men because of what they did that day. I think about the soldiers in World War II who stormed the beaches of Normandy knowing that they were going to a sure death on those beaches because the Germans had machine guns 
and they were high on the hill there, and they would just fire down on the troops that came, the Americans and Australians and the other European troops, and, and there they were coming, and they were like sitting ducks. But because they did that, the war was won. They were able to move forward into France and then eventually into Germany and won the war. And these men gave their lives. And they knew the night before that most of them would not return, that they would die for their country. They would die for freedom. And they were willing, willing to do it. They had heroism. They were tremendous heroes. R.W. Emerson said, A hero is no braver than an ordinary man, but he is brave five minutes longer. I like that. He, he's brave five minutes longer. Tremendous thing indeed. I don't know if you saw, there was a movie that came out about this, but I never saw it, but it was the, this very story. But Leonidas, king of Sparta, was preparing to stand with his Greek troops against the Persian army in 480 B.C. When a Persian envoy arrived, the man urged Leonidas of the futility of trying to resist the advance of the huge Persian army. He said this, quote, Our archers are so numerous that the flight of their arrows darkens the sun. So much the better, replied Leonidas, for we shall fight them in the shade. Leonidas made his stand and died with his 300 troops. Doesn't that remind you of what's going on in Ukraine and the brave Ukrainian army and the brave Ukrainian people? We need to pray for them. They're still fighting these Russians. The Russians are still in their country. The war is still raging, but they're fighting bravely with heroism, and it's a tremendous thing. And then finally, not only was it their sacrifice, and not only was it their heroism, but it's their example as well. Those who give and risk their lives willingly become examples to us. There's a lot of military families in the country where it's first generation, second generation, third generation. So in other words, it's the grandfather, and then the, he passes that torch down, and then the father becomes a military person, and then the son now becomes. And it's one generation down to the other. These are military families. And they do a lot of sacrificing. Just think of it when they go off to fight. I mentioned they leave behind so many things. And I also mentioned that David had many mighty men. And one of the mighty men that really stood out besides the three was a man named Benaiah. And Benaiah was the son of Jehoiada, and he says, it says he was a son, he was a valiant man of Kabzil. He was the son of a valiant man of Kabzil. Let's read it together. 2 Samuel 23 and verses 20 to 22. It says, Benaiah was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Kabzil, who had done many deeds. He had killed the two lion-like heroes of Moab, he also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a, a pit 
on a snowy day, and he killed an Egyptian, a spectacular man. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand, so he went down to him with a staff. Okay, so picture this. He goes down to fight this, this Egyptian, who is probably really tall, really strong, carrying a spear, and all he has is what in his hand? A staff, like Moses. You know, a staff, it has that curl and to it, and you hold. How are you going to fight somebody with a staff when they've got a spear? Well, what he did is he wrestled with that, with that giant, spectacular Egyptian man. He wrestled the spear out of his hand and killed him with his own spear. Oh, what a mighty act of faith it was. Probably reminded David of when he fought Goliath, too. Because what Goliath came to him with a, with a javelin and with all this armaments and his armor and everything, and he was over nine feet tall. And yet David came in faith in the Lord and he slew Goliath with a slingshot and a stone and brought that Goliath down and cut off his head. Yes, we can do things like that through the Lord. And it's good to have examples like this in Scripture that we can look up to and we can say, thank you, Lord, for them. And we have examples down through the ages, not just in the Scriptures, but we have men and women of God that have sacrificed and have become examples of faith and have gone forth in victory. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us, too, to be examples of those who do that. Yes, let's remember today that we have a country that is free. And even though it's free, it costs everything. It's not free to those who gave their lives. They paid it all. They gave it all. Yes, God is so good. And as we celebrate Memorial Day tomorrow, let's pause to remember all the men and women who died to protect our freedom, Let's remember the millions of lives lost down through the ages. Yes, it's quite amazing. Let's remember their sacrifice. Let's remember their heroism. And let's remember their example. And let's make it a determination that we will live for the Lord all the days of our lives. That we will appreciate our country more and more. And that we will do all we can to support it. I'm just going to close with the words of the Lee Greenwood song that he wrote, that I'm proud to be an American. And one of the lines in that song really touched me. It says, and I'm proud to be an American, or at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget the men who died who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today because there ain't no land, no, no doubt that I love this land. God bless the USA. Amen. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for our country and for every man and woman who gave their lives for this country. We can't thank them enough, Lord. And we pray that we would remember that the greatest sacrifice of all is when you died for us on that cross. Help us to do all we can to live for you, Lord. To not think about what's convenient for us or what's good for us or what makes us happy, but to think of you, Lord, 
and what you did for us and help us to be willing to serve you every day with faithfulness, with joy, with willingness and obedience. And we pray that we will love our country and love you, Lord. And so we just look forward to a wonderful picnic tomorrow. Pray that you'll give us wonderful weather and fellowship. And we thank you that we're starting to return back to normal, Lord. And we pray you will be with each one. And we thank you and praise you in your precious name. Amen. Amen.